Well, good morning on this Pentecost Sunday. I wore my red so that I was actually, you know, liturgically correct uh, for once. All right. Let us put our minds into an attitude of worship this morning. Come to Jesus, you who are thirsty. Alleluia. Drink deeply of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia. Let your heart overflow with the living water that renews the face of the earth. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Let us unite our hearts and minds in prayer for our, for our world, saying, Almighty God, hear our prayer. For the church throughout the world, Almighty God, hear our prayer. Inspire the sons and daughters of your church for prophetic witness to your truth, and upon old and young give clarity of vision to acknowledge your saving power in the world. For nations of the world and its leaders, Almighty God, hear our prayer. Overcome the babble of misunderstanding among the nations, and let all people hear in their own language and recognize in their own culture your, un your unifying message of love. For planet Earth, our home, Almighty God, hear our prayer. By your Spirit, renew the Earth. Make us good stewards of its resources and teach us to enjoy its abundant right, abundance rightly. For those in need of healing, Almighty God, hear our prayer. Among those known to us, God, we pray sending our healing spirit upon those who are sick in body or mind. Restore them to health and restore to them the joy of salvation. For our neighbors and members of our civic community, community Almighty God, hear our prayer. Teach us to be good neighbors, to live in peace with one another and in friendship Share the joys and burdens of daily life. For our children, Almighty God, hear our prayer. Bless our children, protect them from danger, and help parents and caregivers nurture them so that they may mature in wisdom and grow in grace. For our enemies, Almighty God, hear our prayer. Bless our enemies and show us how we may do good to them for the sake of Jesus Christ. In your mercy, Almighty God, receive our prayers and according to your wisdom, provide all that we need. Through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us in the language of our hearts that we may hear your word with understanding and answer your call with confidence. Amen. The scripture this morning 
is out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 through 21. That's a lot of verses. I'm Good thing I've got my water with me. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Pecodicia, excuse me, big one, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday was Ascension Sunday, in which the Christians throughout the world celebrated and commemorated Christ's ascension into heaven. It was a big weekend for the disciples as they witnessed Christ raising to heaven, and then the arrival of the Holy Spirit to the church, or to, excuse me, to the earth. We know that it was the, at least a day or two between the disciples as they left Olivet for Jerusalem and the walk it took them 
in the Sabbath day to complete. And it was when they had returned to Jerusalem and were in the upper room, and they were surrounded by at least 121 people, that the Holy Spirit arrived. This Sunday is known as Pentecost. Its name in Greek means the 50 days. It is seven weeks, or 50 days, since Easter, since Jesus was raised from the dead. Seven weeks in which we have been remembering and celebrating the risen Christ, soaking up as many lessons as we could from him until he returned to heaven. Even though we have never been in Jesus' physical presence, sometimes it still feels like we hang on to him as long as we can, and that we are just as anxious about his departure as those with whom he shared his life. In the ancient world, it was the time of the Jewish festival of weeks called Shavuot. This is the third of three major festivals in, in Judaism, just as Hanukkah is always near Christmas and Passover always near Easter, Shavuot is in line with Pentecost. It is a two-day celebration. This year, it was just this past week from the 28th through the 30th of May. It is always held seven weeks after Passover. And it first started as an ancient grain festival, but later became tradition that commemorate the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Traditionally, those who celebrate the giving of the Torah will stay up all night, the first night, so this year, this past Thursday, studying the Jewish texts. The Book of Ruth is read, and dairy is among the top foods of the festival. In 33 CE, the disciples and many others were gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate this festival when the Holy Spirit made its grand entrance. Many people that were adherent to their faith gathered in the city to participate in the ceremonies. They came from all over, as the scriptures mentioned. Pilgrimage to the holy city was, a very, was very significant. And it was then that God sends the Holy Spirit to earth. When the city was overcome with a huge influx of people, when it had reached its capacity, the when the most people would be affected by the coming of the Spirit. It does not seem too much of a coincidence that the celebration of the Torah, which is the celebration in which the Jews have, had gathered to honor the Exodus, which is the birth of the chosen people of God, that the Christian that the Christian tradition and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on this already holy day becomes known as the birth of the church. There are a couple of ways to go about this text. As we know, Luke penned both the Gospel of, of Luke and the Book of Acts. It makes sense that he would begin his telling of the gospel with the birth of Jesus and the acts of the apostles with the, body, with the birth of the body of Christ. I would like to think that Luke wrote these two books meaning to line them with parallel, but even if he didn't, 
there is a clear intention in both stories that involve family and the importance of family. The holy family of Luke and the family of faith gathered in the upper room that surrounded places in Jerusalem. Both of these stories are grounded in family to show that God had already been doing for generations what God had already been doing for generations in the Jewish people. The family of Luke was Mary, Joseph, and the wee Jesus. And the family of Acts is that of the family promised to Abraham and Sarah. Though this text refers to the arrival of the Holy Spirit, she has been around literally the whole time. The same wind that blew in the chaos of the cosmos in the first verses of Genesis is the same wind that blew at the birth of the Christian church in Jerusalem. God's word was creating then, and it is still creating now. As the Spirit entered into the city, all that were gathered started to speak in their native language. And all that were gathered were able to understand that other languages, the other languages that were being spoken. It would be like traveling to another country and hearing the language there, knowing you know none of it, and suddenly being able to understand every word. The Spirit of God was given to us to help us live into that life of Christ, and the Word of God pre presents a call to obey. It is a reminder that God's glory is around us and shines on us every day. Among the perceived chaos of that day, Peter stood and gave what has been considered the first sermon of the Christian faith. Peter grounded his sermon in the importance of both the resurrection of Jesus and in the Hebrew scriptures. <clears throat> Throughout his sermon, he quoted Joel and Isaiah. God's promise throughout the Hebrew scriptures was interpreted by Peter to be for everyone whom God calls to him. And God calls us all to him. This is God's creation and everyone and everything is called to the kingdom of God. The problems that arise with that do not come from God, but from us. The idea was just as unsettling to some in the people in Jerusalem as it is for some in 2020. Those that were confused about what they had heard that day insisted that the apostles and their friends had gotten into some new wine and were drunk. Peter denied this, which seems to be a pattern for him, saying that, oh no, it's only nine in the morning, so we can't possibly be drunk. Although they were not drunk off of wine like some thought they were, these people were filled with a new wine, and it was called the Holy Spirit. A new wine in old wineskins. Christ fulfilled the promises of the Hebrew text. The chaos that some were hearing was indeed the call to all nations 
to know that in Jesus there is no east or west. There are some that confuse this story with the story of Babel, where in the ancient story the chaos of language, language ensued to divide the people. It is unclear why God would do that. The only thing that I can really think of, and this is just my own thought, in my human mind, which is not equipped nor expected to understand all of God's decisions, is that the people of Chinar were ahead of schedule. Some say that in God's vengefulness, he did not want people to see him. But I just wonder if it was because the plan he had set forth for this world, the path that led to Jesus Christ, needed to be followed. Thus, God separated the people through language and sent them to the far reaches of the world. But through Jesus Christ, through the truth of all things, these people came back together, able to speak in their languages and to understand fully what each was saying. Their dedication to Jesus Christ ended their confusion. Their common love allowed them to hear the call from God and to come back to him. There is a lot of chaos in the world. There always has been, and there probably always will be. Chaos is not my favorite. It is too much disorganization, too, much, too many conversations happening at once, too many people it sets my panic meters off and I start to turn inward. The chaos of the Holy Spirit that first Pentecost would have no doubt sent me into a tailspin, one that only the grace of God could have returned me from. The people that were present in that space, in that city, at that time, experienced something that many of us crave. In the chaos of what was happening, they felt a calm. They felt understood. They felt heard. They were all on the same page regardless of what was being said. We all have things that we need to say. We all have things that we wish people could hear. But for some reason, when we can't understand it, we choose not to listen. When we don't understand it, we assume that it is wrong. And so we don't, and it, so it doesn't deserve our validation or our consideration. When it is not the way we interpret, we spend our time trying to make sure no one else listens to that opinion. The problem with that, though, is that often the goal of a person might be the same goal as us, just approached differently. And that is most certainly true in our love and dedication to Jesus Christ. It is certainly true in our desire to join him and all of the saints at their heavenly banquet. We do not understand the words that some people say, even if they are speaking the exact same language as us. But if we listen, if we slow down, calm down, 
open our ears and our hearts and our minds, we might just find that they are saying the, the exact same thing that we have been saying. But saying it in a new way, in a different way, and maybe even a better way. The peace of Christ is offered to all who seek it. The love and mercy of God is offered to all who are in this creation. The chaos of our lives might not be easy to calm. Chaos will happen. Several months ago, our schedules were too busy. We allowed our jobs to be very demanding of our time. Our families needed us, and they needed us right now. No, not later. I need you to come here right now. These days, our chaos looks different. It's wrapped up in uncertainty. It is learning new things and learning new ways to get our work done. It is chaotic to not know when we might get to see our families again. It is chaotic to turn on the news each day and see that the people of God's creation, God's precious children, are being brutally killed and treated as less than because they don't fit into a cookie-cutter idea. And there is chaos in the work of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what she does. She is growing. She is creating. She is coming up behind us and cleaning up our messes. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is our mom. I'm not going to pull at that theological thread right now, but I think that's a thought that's going to fester with me for some days. But in that chaos... In all of that, in the love and the peace of Jesus, is the love and the peace of Jesus Christ. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the reminders of Christ's life, and through the understanding of his teachings, the peace washes over us. We can become unstoppable in our mission when the mission sent to us is through the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is for all who seek it. And God calls us all to seek it. One bread, one body, one spirit. Regardless of the time and distance that separates us right now, as we take our commission to love our neighbors seriously. Amen. And now let us say together the prayer that Jesus taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Be witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, who sits at the right hand of, the, of God in glory, and who sends the Holy Spirit to empower us for service in his name. May the grace of God the Father bless you with peace 
May the love of Christ, God's Son, sustain you in joy, and may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with courage this day and forevermore. Bless the Lord. Alleluia.